0: People say, well, we can't do it that way. Well, why? Why? Did someone put a gun to your head? Someone holding your children hostage and saying, you can't do this, be pigheaded and just run through obstacles.
1: Top leaders, meaningful conversation, actionable advice, bulldoze complacency, ignite inspiration, create impact produced by Southwestern family of companies. This is the Action Catalyst. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Today's show is going to compel you. Jeffrey Hazlett, who you're about to hear from, he's the host on a primetime television show called C-Suite, and he's the chairman of the C-Suite Network. He also was on Celebrity Apprentice. He has a book called Think Big, Act Bigger. We're going to talk through some of that today. He was the CMO of Kodak and was an executive for several large organizations. And so he's the real deal. And he spent a little time with us. Jeff, thanks for being here.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for saying that I'm real. I like that. I, You know, I, I love teachers without question, but I like people who really get dirty, who really get it done. And I've always been about that. You know, I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, 25 billion in transaction. I've had some businesses that have been huge success and and some that have lost. You know, I've, I've, I've started them with the hopes of cornering the market and I found out there wasn't one. So I've done it all.
1: Well, some people describe you as pigheaded. So just to pick a little bit of a fight right with you off the bat, you know, you talk about that as an advantage in your opinion.
0: Yeah, well, somebody once I was in an HR meeting well, many years ago when I was president of a company and I had a CEO. Was a friend of mine is now uh, working as a CEO f- for me in another company. And um, he had the HR director came and said, Jeff's like a big Mac truck. And she told me that in the meeting. So and, and I said, and your point, what's your problem? You know, That's my job. My job is to be like that. My job is to go through obstacles, around obstacles, over obstacles, to create things to happen. I'm the kind of guy that you bring in for that. And if you want touchy-feely and all those, yeah, I can give you some of that, but that's not what I'm about. My job is to make things happen. And I do it with great respect of other people and individuals and ideas and so forth. But in the end, Someone's got to pay the bills. In the end, someone's got to deliver on the promise that we've just made. And that's really what it's about. So I really focus in on those promises and being pigheaded about that, saying, hey, no, we said we were going to hit this goal, I mean, this number, this this profitability, this net realized rate, whatever it might be, when you use the terms in terms in, in sales, and that's what we're going to do. And we're not accepting anything less than that. So that's what we mean by being pigheaded. So I take that as a great compliment.
1: Well, but you don't, that doesn't necessarily fly in the face of, yet you don't care about culture of the-, the- I
0: mean, culture is, as Gerber once said, uh, you know, I think it was Gerber, um, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch. I mean, it does. I mean, it, you, and I always talk about mood. I think mood is one of the most important things you can have inside of a business is you have a great mood, you can overcome culture, you know, getting people, but you know, if you have a bad mood, even the culture is really tough to, to break into. If you ever watch a television show, you like, let's say West Wing or, you know, pick any show that you see, you can see that it has an energy to it, a cadence that you can see as you watch the show. Well, the same thing walks into an office. You can walk into someone's office and they immediately feel the culture, immediately feel the cadence of the company. Are they stuffy? Are they slow? Are they fast? Are they quick? Are they nimble? And and, and I think the leaders have to to do that. You know, it's like, let's get it done.
1: So your kind of style and your approach, which has been very successful, is is just exactly what you said. It's knock down barriers, you blow through walls, do whatever it takes. Uh, What are some examples of companies that have kind of steamrolled their way through stuff? Uh, Can you say Uber? Uh Can you say Uber?
0: I mean, there's a a prime example where people said we're not going to allow them in. Uh, we're going to put up barriers. There's uh, you know uh, legislative or regulatory kinds of things. And these guys are just running right through it and saying, nope, we're not accepting that. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. People said it's going to be more expensive. They're going to have surge pricing. They're going to charge you outrageous prices. Yet, look at that growth. Look at what they're doing because they have a service that people really want. And no matter what those critics might say, they're driving through it. And, And even when they've done some really stupid bonehead moves, I mean, and said things they shouldn't have said. But yet, you can see that they've steamrolled through those obstacles and they're just making it happen. And and, 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 and there's tons of other companies that I can cite as examples of that, that continually show success after success in terms of just saying, here's our goal. Here's where we're at, and we're going to get there. And no matter what it takes, you know, this this passion for getting to that, you know, to that ultimate utopia. And, the, and my question to you, most people who are listening right now is why not? Why not? You know, you get to build anything you want to do. You get to do it any way you want to do it. Why wouldn't you do it that way? And when people say, well, we can't do it that way. Well, why? Why? Did someone put a gun to your head? Someone holding your children hostage and saying, you can't do this? Uh, I don't get it. Someone, you know, I, I use examples in my book where I think Big Act Bigger where, you know, team would come to me. I said, look, you know, I know the value of a network. I know the value of being a TV, being in radio, being books, um, you know, speaking uh, like yourself, have, you know, have a consulting practice that your community is important to you. So I told my team, hey, go out and start making sure I'm engaging more with my followers. Show me how to do that. Show me ways in which I can get more people. And yet when I first they first said this, well, we can't do that. I said, well, why not? And they said, "Well, because of the budget, I said, "Who gave you a freaking budget?" I said, Go do it. It's up to me to decide whether it's too expensive or not. You're to tell me how to go do that. You tell me what I have to do. Do I have to run ads on Twitter? Do I have to run ads on facebook? do i have to do I have to you know tweet more and I have to do more video? You tell me." And what will help do that? So I can adopt the best practices and be real, because it's me that's doing it. By the way, it's not somebody else. And and so those are the kind of things that we you know talk about being pigheaded and just running through obstacles.
1: Well, you you mentioned the word passion. Where does passion fall in the equation of the things that are important to a, the success of the company?
0: Well, passion alone won't won't pay the bills. All right. Um, it's, it's great to have passion, but you got to eat too, right? I mean, um, I love to have romance with my wife all the time, but I, you know, I got to go out and get, you know, bring in the money to to pay for the thing so I can have the candles and the, and the, and the champagne and have the, the chocolates and all the things that go with the passion uh, of our relationship as well. Uh, those little accoutrements, uh, so to speak of that. Well, that's probably going to get me in trouble with my wife. I hope she's not watching her <laughs> listening right now. But, but my point is, if the you know, if it were passion alone, Kodak would still be standing the way it was. I mean, people were passionate about film, but that that era is over and you you can you can't stop reason rationality strategy and and the implementation of new technology that replaces those things so passion alone isn't enough it helps without question it will carry you through a lot of different places so whatever you're doing you should be extremely passionate about it but don't just let the passion blind you to the real facts Mm. and the real way of doing things and that's why it's important for you know people like yourself and others who who help these businesses you know understand the, the systematic approach and way in which you have to do things. You know, you're passionate. I'm passionate about sales. I'm passionate about all these different products and these different ways of doing it. But in the end, I got to make sure I got good e- o- email open rates. I got to have, you know, a regular campaign. I got to run ads. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, you know, I, I have to back up the passion. A great example. Let me tell you, you know, just in business books, you know, we own the C-suite network and the C-suite book club, C-suite TV, C-suite radios. We're building out what I call LinkedIn on steroids, recur, creating an ultra-powerful community of business leaders. And it's the upper echelon of the business world. That's what we're going after. But when you think about books, there's 398,000 new business books this year, 398,000 published in North America alone. And the average business book will sell 7,500 copies. Now, when somebody like myself, and I've just recently sold, you know, like 300,000 copies of Think Big, Act Bigger, that means somebody else is losing. And and so, yeah, the you have to know these facts and figures. And so a lot of people think, well, I just published my book. Where's the business? You you know, you got to start months ahead of time. I even tell people a year ahead of time yeah. uh, before you, you start going. As you know, we market our book very well. Um, it's what we do. We're very good at it. And in the results, that's why we have publishers lined up saying, hey, where's my next book? And I've just been my book's only been out for three months. And now they're asking me, where's the next one? You
1: know? right you I mean you really understand that machine and what about there's this thing um, in the book that you talk about called the the Caitlin rule (laughs) Um, I love
0: that rule it was it was it was uh, written at this very desk. So I'm sitting here in New York City. We help take companies public. We own a company called Tallgrass. Now Tallgrass is a public relations and social media company. Its slogan says, "If you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass." That's <laughs> that's that's the name of the company. And it only works with high growth companies. Well, we take companies public or help them elevate their visibility, or celebrities and a uh, host of other you know businesses out there. And we were about to go and meet with the CEO of a company about 20 blocks from here uh, to talk to him about taking the company public. So Caitlin stops by my desk, young woman, and I turn to him. And she says, Jeff, should we take color copies of the presentation? I said, Caitlin, I said, you're new here. You've only been here for a couple of weeks. You get to ask me 21 questions. I'm going to call it the Caitlin rule. And i made it up right there on the spot. And I said, I said, 21 questions. I don't know why I pulled it out of my rear room with a flashlight, but here's what the rule is. From now on, you can ask me any question you want. You can ask me about the meaning of life. You can ask me where the best Italian restaurant is. You can ask me which train to go take across. You can ask me, do I think your boyfriend's really serious about you? Any question that you want is that one of your freaking questions. And she turned to me right here at this desk right here and said, I don't think so. And I turned back to her and said, good career move. Because if I have to answer that question, what do I need you for now? Some people would say, that's man, is that a little harsh? No, it's setting levels of expectations or what I call conditions of satisfaction. And I turned to her I said, Kate, when well, my job is to get in front of that client and give them the advice that's in this head and give them my advanced experience of the things I do, it's like hitting a mark on a stage as a speaker or as a television host. It's about me showing up, being prepared and being ready on that spot, lights go on, I start talking. That's what I'm supposed to do. Your job is to make sure that I hit that mark. Anything up to that mark is your responsibility. And if I have to do that, what do I need you for? I hired you because you're a big dog. That's what big dogs do in tall grass. Nothing but big dogs. You're, you're going to take my job here someday. You're going to take and be, become the president of this company. That's what I saw in you. I can't wait till you do that. If I have to answer these questions for you, I don't need you. You're not a big dog. And so that's really what that's about. So, so what are you doing in your organization when people come to you and ask you questions or doing things that they should be doing themselves and you're not empowering them to do it or telling them that you truly expect them to do it and hold their feet to fire to get it done? That's what the Caitlin rule is all about.
1: You have to be, if you're going to be one of the big dogs, figure it out. You find a way, you don't come to me with that kind of stuff. Or I'll do
0: it once. You know, I'll, you know like I've already asked you, I'm yeah, answered that question. What do you think we should do? Well, we should take color copies. And I turned to her and I said, Do you have time to make them? And she said, No. I said, Then well, why the hell are you asking me a question like that? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, but that's, I think we have to call people on the carpet for those kinds of things. If you're not calling them on the carpet, you don't set expectations. You don't, you, you know, it's like, it's like a coach talking to a player and saying, You can run that faster. Why are you sloughing off? You know, you, you know, I know what she could do. She, that's why we got her. And, and I can see people can think I'm a jerk. I think I'm, I think I'm being a very good leader in saying, this is what I expect you to do. We set the bar. I expect you to hit the bar or go over the bar. If you don't hit the bar, you're below par player. I don't want below bar players in my operation. I only want big dogs. And this is what we do. And that's not a big dog decision. That's not a, a responsible person that's on my team. You're letting me down. That's what that's
1: all about. Well, and you're training them to think for themselves. It's one of the best gifts that you can actually give the person. To Tell me really quick, I, I have a couple more questions for you, but the conditions of satisfaction, I just want you to hit that really quick. Can you explain what is that? What does that mean? How does it come into play?
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the most important parts of the book, and I've actually put this in all my books about conditions of satisfaction, what I call mutual conditions of satisfaction. On one side, you always have a customer. On the other side, you always have a performer in everything we do, whether it's with a customer, a vendor, even our employees, even our kids. You ever make a pinky promise? Those are mutual conditions of satisfaction where I do something for the kids and then they expect this. That's, That's what it's all about. And if you break that, oh my gosh, you can't break a promise. A promise is a promise. You can renegotiate it, but you have to deliver on those promises. And so there's an action cycle that goes with those conditions of satisfaction. There's an offer there's the acceptance, there's the doing of the work and there's the delivery of the product and the acceptance of, of that uh, delivery. So satisfaction. And you, at the end, of the, in the end of this action cycle, you, you always go back to the person and said, I've just delivered you, you know, this book you know, or this bottle of water or this cup of coffee or whatever it might be. And then you just say, are you satisfied? Because once they say they're satisfied, there's no going back, there's no bitching, there's no moaning, there's no renegotiation, there's no missing the payments on the bill. You're said You said you were satisfied. So pay me my money, you know, uh, or give me what you said you were going to do. That's the way it works.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you want people to go to connect with you, get plugged plug into the C-suite, this whole platform that you've got going? Where, where's the best place for them to start?
0: Well, you can start right at the c com, but you can go to c-sweetetv.com, c-sweetradio.com, c com. We own everything around C-Suite. If you just look up hashtag C-Suite, you'll, you'll run into us because we have a majority of the conversation or
1: find me at com. And last little thing for you, Jeff, you have worked at these big public companies, you've bought and sold businesses, you've been a speaker, best-selling author, TV show, you're on Celebrity Apprentice. What is next for you? Like, what is the thing where you go, this inspires me. This is the next wall that Jeffrey Hazlett personally is going to be blown through.
0: I, I'm really working very hard right now on the C-suite network. This is a way for me to be able to help business leaders become more strategic and stay the most strategic person in the room. Today, we're just inundated with time, inundated with all these different things that are taking up the things that we need to do. And so I want to help executives be, continue to be the most strategic people in the room. That, and when Donald Trump's elected, I'll become an ambassador, <laughs> an ambassador of some country. I'm trying to figure out which one I should probably go for.
1: Uh, well, if you didn't make everybody mad yet, you sure, I'm sure you got somebody here. Just that-
0: well, I, I love him as an individual. You know what? I give him credit for it. at least, at least we're talking about the elections and we're talking about issues in ways we never have before. And, and I'll give him credit for that. Him and, and quite frankly, I'll give Bernie Sanders a credit for that as well, because we're talking about things we never would have been talking about, Yeah, just awesome. He's always promoting himself, which I always think is good. But, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about Donald, and I have done some interviews for The Post and a whole bunch of others about him, he loves to throw things out there and then watch people attack it. And then he then alters his position based on those kinds of conversations. It's called cause causing tension. I think great leaders do cause tension. They'll say something, push it in order to get people to push it one way or the other. Not necessarily the position that he or she always believes, but great leaders do that. And, you know, and great leaders have got to have uh, haters as part of the process. That's the way it
1: works. Well, I love it, my friend. Thank you for making a little time for us here. Don't forget. It's not the
0: lucky you win. It's the relentless. So get out there and be relentless every day and thinking big. And acting bigger. Appreciate it. It
1: is always a pleasure to be with you. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore action. And thanks for listening.